nothing. And peace be with you. We have announcements. Oh, joy. Right here in your bulletin, would you please pull this out? I would like to bring your attention to the top. And this is indeed Mission Sunday. And we, each month, focus on a mission group that is furthering the kingdom agenda. And this month, it is going to Lutheran Military Veterans and Families Ministries. So I just wanted to let you know that, that we do support various ministries, and that many of these come from you. The identification of it and the desire to help them. So if you have, and you've heard me ask this before, but it's been a while, a ministry that is near and dear to your heart, won't you please let me know or send Ashley an email and we'll work it into the schedule for our mission Sundays. Okay? All right. You already got instructions. Um, Tuesday, sit and be fit. I just saw, yeah, that's okay, yeah. We had like 10 sit and be fitters there this last week. And that is a, a wonderful ministry that has grown, and I am happy to see it every Tuesday when I come five minutes late into work. And, uh, but that's so that I can see everybody that's there. And that is something that Ashley has been doing. I think she does a great job because everybody is there with a smile on their face and everybody is there leaving with a smile on their face. So come, it's a good time. So please uh, consider that and keep coming if you are. Down towards the bottom, Easter lilies. It is that time of year. So we can always use uh, more lilies. And there is a sign-up sheet on the table out there in the narthex. We are often in need of worship assistance help and for Holy Week. And the ladies uh, have been assembled uh, to help, uh, and that was spearheaded by Carol Keene. And I'm really grateful to all the ladies that have volunteered and heeded the call from Carol, and I'm grateful for Carol taking uh, the bull by the horn, as it were. I mean, really getting in there, making those phone calls, and then calling Ashley and said, it's done. So thank you for that, um, all who are participating. And I think that's all the news that's fit to tell. Only other thing I would do is, did you notice on the back of your bulletin, have you looked at that? Did you know those were there? Those are good things to do. I encourage you to do that. That's why we put them there, just as a reminder. So let's get started with our worship, the celebration of an audience of one, the Father. Let's get her done.
small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all all to him my own sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow Still reach.
this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you are called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. 
This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Good morning. Okay, the first reading this morning is taken from the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1227. Now, Jeremiah is writing about 600 BC, 600 years before Christ. He spent about 20 years under a good king, warning Israelites to return to God. They had drifted away. He was then a victim of the cancel culture of the time, 2,500 years ago. Israelites didn't want to hear the warnings anymore. Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 BC as a result of their drifting away from God and not returning. But God loves his people and promises to reclaim them. Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning with the 31st verse. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, 
I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Next, we'll read responsively Psalm 119, 119, verses 9 through 16, and it's printed in your bulletin. This is the longest psalm in the Bible, and Psalms is the longest book. Note that these verses are similar to the promise of God to write his commandments on the hearts of the people. The date and author are unknown, but it was probably around almost a thousand years before Christ. Psalm 119, beginning with the ninth, ninth verse. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? Seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. The epistle this morning is a letter written to Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, and can be found on page 1866 in your pew Bible. This epistle was written to Jewish Christians, either in Palestine or Rome, by an unknown author about 60 AD, 30 years after Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. These new Christians were being persecuted for their faith, and they were considering returning to their Jewish roots. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and aren't going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when, he, when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, you are my son, today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our reading This morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 45, and can be found on page 1571 in your pew Bible. Mark records. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside, and he told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and then will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. And three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know. What you are asking, Jesus said, how can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so we just heard the historical account of Jesus giving instructions on what it means to be great in the church. Did you notice? Did you notice that Jesus does not use the word leader or ruler or any other kind of a title like that? Did you notice that? It is clear. It is clear that we are not to think in worldly terms at all. That we should count greatness only as Christ does. So how does he count greatness? How does Jesus count greatness? Well, first of all, we are not to seize power. We are not to seize control in the church. Nor are we to use authority to rule over the church. Why? Because that's how the world does it. It is not the way of Christ. Christ does not, did not, do wonderful works of love in order to earn the praise of men. Christ did many wonderful works of love, yet in the end, in the end, he was hated. He was despised. He was rejected, and he was killed. So if we raise ourselves up above everyone else, by showing others how good we are. Well, isn't that contrary to the example that Christ set for us and described in today's gospel? Does not our Lord state that we are to serve as slaves to one another? This means humbling and lowering yourself to others. This means counting yourself as superior to no one. This means not insisting upon your rights before others, but instead yielding your rights to their rights. Now sometimes this means submitting yourself to the judgment and the criticism of others, lest you go astray in faith because you are going it alone. Sometimes it means doing your works quietly so that others will not fix their eyes upon your goodness. Now our model for such behavior is Christ Jesus, who, although he was equal to the Holy Father in heaven, he made himself of no reputation. 
taking on the form of a slave. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death, a horrible, shameful death on the cross. Christ was above us all, and yet he condescended. He came down to take the lowest place. He became, as a criminal, a sinner, rejected by God and man. Christ performed the greatest service of all by laboring to free us from slavery to sin and death. And he became a slave for us. So since we have been covered by the image of Christ in our, in our baptism, we too must become slaves. Our slavery to others means that we, like Christ, shall suffer. As I said earlier, he was betrayed. He was scourged. He was mocked. And he was killed. And we also shall drink from the cup of suffering as Christ did. And we do not share this rejection in order to atone for sin, nor do we drink so deeply from the terrible cup that he drank. Yet we drink. We do drink from that cup. For that is what it means to carry your cross. When we confess Christ before men, we will be rejected. Now perhaps we will not be put to death. Yet we all die little deaths for the sake of Christ. Little deaths from a harsh word here or the anger of a family member there. The burden of forgiving sins <laughs> instead of seeking vengeance. Or a little death by confessing Christ instead of being people pleasers. This is why many of us shy away from speaking the gospel to others because we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of pain. But if Christ stood fast under the worst death ever, for our sake, can we not endure little itty-bitty deaths? We must not look for worldly victories. You see, our victories will often look and feel like defeats. When a martyr testifies to the truth of Christ and is killed for it, 
That is a victory in the sight of God. And in the same way, the gruesome abomination of the cross is our greatest victory, though it looked like a defeat. To be great in the church is therefore not to stand in a position of human leadership. No. It's, it's not even to be recognized as a loving person by those around you. True leadership, if you can even call it that, is to suffer in the image of Christ. It is to be rejected and hated for the sake of Christ. It is to be counted as a fool. To be counted as foolish because you confess the word that is foolishness to the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you seen it? Recently, oh, that's a fairy tale. You pray to Sky Daddy. It is to choose works that are not glorious in the sight of the world, but rather to do the works that God had planned for you in advance. It is to do the works of God that do not earn the love of men. Now, in the shadow of the cross, as we enjoy these last days before Holy Week, we should especially, we should especially repent of the times when we have tried to be human leaders and people pleasers. You see, too often we have tried to get along with others rather than speak the word that offends the flesh. We have protected ourselves rather than embraced suffering. Our hearts yearn for good times and peace and the praise of others. The hard road is the opposite road. The hard road leads to our cross. We should freely admit to God that we have not desired to be the slave of all. In contrast, Christ willingly became the slave of all by enduring the whipping due to a slave. He allowed himself to be spat on and mocked as if he was no one of consequence. He became the least so that you and I could become great in the kingdom. And we know that by his death as a worthless slave, you have become sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And more than that, you have become kings and priests before God forever. For the, on the cross, Christ gave his life 
as a ransom for many. And that payment he made was more than enough, more than enough to buy back all of humanity from the clutches of Satan. He drank from that awful cup. He drank from that awful cup down to the last drop. And he even died for sinners such as you and me. We are the sinners that he died for who could never, ever pay back the debt that we owed, even if we worked for a million, million years. But his blood, his blood paid for it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. So therefore, true greatness does not come ever from human flesh. Amen? Okay. It does not come from merely human works of love. Amen? True greatness comes only from God. The Holy Spirit working through the Word of Christ declares you great in spite of your sin. Then the Spirit opens your lips so that you may give an answer for the hope that is within you. He did the same thing with the apostles who proclaimed the gospel even to the point of giving up their lives. Now the Spirit alone The Spirit alone gives you true humility to lay your lives down as living sacrifices for the sake of Christ. The Holy Ghost alone compels you to look beyond this present life of persecution and instead to look beyond that to the glory of the world to come. When you shall, when I shall, with all the saints, sing for the praise of God who became a slave in human flesh. To him be all glory forever with the Father and the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.
stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate, the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge living in the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped. The prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, in the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, in these Lenten days, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us to write your word on our hearts that we might know you as the God who forgives our iniquities and remembers our sins no more. Lord, in your mercy, 
Heavenly Father, your Son came not to be served, but to serve. Help us not lord our authority over one another, but, <clears throat> but humbly serve one another in our homes, our communities, and our congregation as Christ has so humbly served us. Lord, in your mercy. And Heavenly Father, look in mercy on elected representatives and all those to whom you have given earthly authority. Guard them from the temptation to lord it over us improperly, that they might faithfully serve according to your good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy... Heavenly Father, you watch over, protect, and defend us through the service of others. Bless, we pray, the men and women who serve in our military, our police forces, and all emergency services who, like your Son, are often called on to lay down their lives for us. Lord, in your mercy... Heavenly Father, as your only begotten Son learned obedience through what he suffered, we pray that you would bless, sustain, and relieve all who suffer in our midst, that walking the way of the cross with your Son, that they may know the fullness of his eternal salvation. Lord, in your mercy... And Heavenly Father, through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, you have delivered our souls from death, our eyes from tears, and our feet from stumbling. Comfort all who mourn with this truth, that they may not grieve as others do who have no such hope. Lord, in your mercy... And Heavenly Father, you have baptized us with Christ's baptism to be our God, that we might be your people. Grant us faithfully to drink from this cup in the blessed sacrament, that he might sustain our life in him with his flesh and blood. Lord, in your mercy, and all these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Well, let us share the peace. Boy, I wish we could go out there and hug on each other, but let's just wave and wink now. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the paschal feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. He ransomed us. He was a ransom for many. And this feast, his body, his blood, is for those who confess him as Lord and Savior. Those who have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is for you. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
Jesus did it all, all to him we owe. I pray that uh, this morning has blessed you, that the Holy Spirit has done the gospel unto you. And before the benediction, I should have done this earlier, but you know me well, I'd like to uh, have you lift up in your prayers a special family that is new to us and new to me, and that is the family of Pastor John Graham, who are in the back. And Pastor John and his lovely wife and children are moving to Ohio next Thursday. And I would like for us to lift them up in prayer for travel mercies and for provision. Uh, I wish that he and I had uh, gotten together earlier because I really like him. And uh, I feel a little bit cheated out of that. But he's going to be a powerful, loving, and educating, teaching pastor wherever he goes. So let us uh, say hello and goodbye to them uh, as we leave today. And may God bless them. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Closing hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Thy faith.